morning, church. How you doing? best buddy is my fan at home. You know? It's good to see each and every one of you this morning. I'm glad that you're here in God's house. I want to welcome those of you who are online. It's always good to know that God's family is everywhere and that you can be with us today as we fellowship together and just come into God's presence because it doesn't give him more joy to have his kids to come here that we can gather and worship and praise him couple items I want to bring to your attention. This Monday evening, we call it the Family Council. This isn't a board meeting. It's a Zoom meeting that is a gathering of our church family that we talk about the new year that's coming up. We come to the end of year at the end of July, or the 1st of July, and we look at our budget, but also, too, we talk about our ministries that we have at the church and how they're doing and what we look forward as far as what the Lord has in store for us in the future. If you go to our church website, My Richmond Church, and you check in there, you're gonna find the information as far as the Zoom dial-up and all the connections that you need. So we look forward to have as many as possible to come to this family. If you're here today, you're family. And for those of you out there, you're family because we are all God's children. And it's important for us to be on the same page that God is, right? And I think it's crucial for us to come together. This pandemic has kind of rocked us and sent us in different directions, but we're coming back together and I thank the Lord for that. This last week too, we've had some issues where some people had me in the hospital, three people. But I thank the Lord that Beulah, who's sitting right over there, she was out of the hospital, and she's home, and she's here this morning, and I thank the Lord for that. Lori Fargo is home. She's doing better. Our prayers need to continue to be with her as well. But John Smith, <clears throat> folks, we got, a, we got a petition on his behalf. He's having a hard time. Even the doctors are having difficulties as far as determining what it is. I talked with Alice this morning. He had surgery last weekend. And this is serious, so please petition John, Alice, the boys, and the doctors and the staff that are working on him. Um, he is a person who has been part of this church for as long as I can remember. Uh, his, his family is, is, is a big part of who we are. And so John Smith is one that we need to lift up into God's hands and pray that God will continue to lead and direct and give him peace through this time. Again, I welcome each one of you. I hope you enjoy today. And may you experience God in a way that when you walk out of this church this morning, you will be singing and your heart will be full and you'll be rejoicing for the next week to come.
Just to know his love And my heart is set on Christ And I will count all else as loss The greatest of my crowns Means nothing to me now For I counted up the cost And all my wealth is in the cross Nothing to me now. 
hope all of you have been made aware of, of what our topic today is. Would you expect anything different from me? I mean, these are my buddies. They have been so excited this week to be here. They, they just can't keep the buzz. It's just been crazy around the house. You like them? For some reason, the M&M characters give me great joy. The candy gives me great, no. I'm working on that. But there's something about them. I love them. I got too many, Becky says. I keep telling her it's our grandkids' education, honey. There's seven big bins in the garage. So if you want to see M&Ms, yeah, I'm the kind of guy you want to come to. But yes, today's title is The M&M Encounter. But I have a confession. It's not about these guys. Sorry. I know I got their hopes up. I'll hear about it when I get home. But this M&M encounter comes from God's word. It beats the M&M's hands down. And it's not fattening. I can eat as much of this as I want. I don't know about you, but I have found it interesting as we read the Bible and the stories they are real, aren't they? They are there for our benefit, that we can learn lessons from them. Where other people make mistakes, I can learn and value from their mistakes knowing that maybe that's not the right road to take. But often when I study with children, I try to help them visualize that the Bible is more than just words. It's like a photo album. Photo album. Yes, I'm a baby boomer. I still have photo albums. A chest full of photo albums. But you know what? They are priceless. They are priceless because in this book, I see pictures. Pictures of moments and events of my family of me and my boys and me and my wife, places that we have gone, memories that maybe I never thought about before, they come to the surface when I see a picture. Can you relate? Yes, I'm as guilty as the rest of you. I probably have way too many pictures on my phone. But by golly, I have, I have grandkids. You know, I got to have pictures of the grandkids. That's just a, that's just a rule. 
but like a photo album where everything has a lesson to be learned. It's interesting that Jesus, pretty much when he taught, he taught in pictures as well. He taught in parables. Life is like, the kingdom is like, heaven is like, and he would look around and he would see something and point at it and reference that picture. That picture. So this morning, this morning, I'm going to take a picture out of this photo album. And we're going to look at it this morning. We're going to let it become real. And maybe, maybe there will be those of you who can relate to it. But before we do, we need to pray. Father, I thank you so much for this day that you give to us, for the time that you provide, for this house of worship, your house, where you call your children to. Whether we are here, Father, or whether we're connected through the online abilities of technology, you are calling your children to come together today. And thank you, thank you, thank you. Your presence is with us now. The Spirit is moving. And Lord, all I ask is we have prepared for this moment, so please empty me of self. Allow me to be a vessel to be used by you that these words that I speak are your words and that you have a message to your children to learn in a very simple way, but yet so powerful. I thank you. I thank you for who you are, for what you give and what you provide. In your loving son's name I pray. Amen. Okay, asking you a question. You've heard it before. Are you a Mary or a Martha? We're family. How many Marys are sitting here this morning? Show me by hands. Come on. How many Marthas? There's no one. Okay, how many, how many Marys? Very few. How many have Mary and Martha both? There we go. There we go. It, it seems that a lot of us do carry the ability to have the, the acts or the attributes of both Mary and Martha. So this morning, we're going to be looking at a text found in Luke 10, verses 38 to 42. If you have your Bibles with you, open them up. If you have your electrical ones, go to it. It should be on the screen. And as we do, we will go through this text here this morning. I'm sure a lot of you are familiar with it. It says, while Jesus and his followers were traveling, Jesus went into a town a woman named Martha let Jesus stay at her house. Now, right there, that's pretty impressive for this woman, Martha, to have a house. Martha had a sister named Mary who was sitting at Jesus' feet and listening to him teach. You see in the picture unfold? But Martha was busy with all the work to be done. 
busy with all the work to be done. She went in and said, I can just see her. Maybe she has her hands on her hips, tapping her toes. I don't know. But she's addressing our Lord and Savior of all. And she says the words, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me alone to do all the work? You tell her. You tell her to help me. Now, how many times <laughs> have you heard that with your children? Mommy, Daddy, Jimmy won't let me play with the toys. Will you please tell him to let me play with the toys, Mommy? This picture probably unfolds in every home with children. Maybe those who don't have children, it can unfold. But you look at that and you say, what, what has Martha done wrong? She's providing a service for Jesus and the disciples to come and eat in her home. She is showing hospitality. She is a good hostess, right? So what is she doing wrong? Mary's out there at the feet of Jesus. Now remember, women, how much they are looked at in the scriptures, not very much. They're not held too high. But yet Mary is there at the feet of Jesus, but the Lord responds back to Mary in this way. But the Lord answered her, Martha, or to, to Martha, Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things. Only one thing is important. One thing, Martha. Mary has chosen the better thing, and it will never be taken away from her. The Lord changed the whole perspective in that scenario. Because from the world's point of view, it looked like Martha was doing exactly what she was supposed to do. That she was to prepare and get a meal together and be able to serve Jesus and his followers. That's commendable. That's commendable. But yet the Lord did not look at it that way. He told her that Mary had found something and it was not going to be taken away from her. You see, the problem that Martha had was Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, was there in her house. And she is more bothered by serving than by having Jesus himself. That, that was Martha's problem. See, too often we go through life and we allow, to make sure I get this right, We allow the behavior to be the choice that we go to when it comes to our actions. We, we think that our behavior is important to be able to reflect what I think, what I believe, but in reality, the behavior is governed by whom? 
by the world it looked like Martha was doing good. But by the Lord, he came to her and said, no, wait a minute. It's not so much your actions because I, the Lord, the Savior, the Creator, I want you to understand the thoughts and the beliefs that go into it. You're choosing, Martha, to be more preoccupied by the work in the kitchen than to spend time with me. See, too often we allow feelings to dictate to us what drives the boat. And those feelings sometimes can get interpreted into our behavior. And that's the majority of times that the enemy works on us the best. He attacks the behavior. When Jesus wants us to understand the thoughts and the beliefs of why. If that was Sergio there, he would have asked her, Martha, why do you choose to want to work in the kitchen when the Savior is right there? We have to ask the why. You know, we, we take this snapshot Okay, pretend it's a snapshot. We take this picture, and really, in my album, I can pretty much tell you the before and after. But for you, it's just a picture. You don't know what happens prior to that moment, nor do you know what happens after that moment. The scripture sometimes is no different. We don't always know the full story when we just look at the picture. But we can deduct in some ways that there is some truth that we can draw. The, tech, the text leads us to believe that Mary knows Jesus. Would you say so? Somewhere, somewhere in Mary's history, she knows Jesus. Something has happened possibly. Whether she has seen him, whether she's had an encounter, we can deduct that for Mary to be there at his feet, something happened to Mary. But yet for Martha, this could be her first encounter. And she was just doing what she thought what was best. All Mary is concerned about is spending time with Christ and listening to his words. She's not so concerned about the food that Mary is preparing. Right? She's not concerned about the food that is given to, to our souls. But yet, but Martha, even though the Savior was in the house, she was more worried and upset about the things that she had to do. There seems to be two different camps here in this picture. The camp of Mary and the camp of Martha. In other words, Martha is distracted by something else. Let me ask you, have you ever been distracted? Mm -hmm. Have you ever been so distracted that it kept you from your time with Jesus? Yeah. You know it, I know it. I'm talking to the choir here. The enemy does his very best to distract us to keep us occupied from spending time with the Lord. 
Does Jesus come back and tell Martha, you did a wonderful job, Martha. Thank you for your preparation. We don't hear about it. We have no account of it. I'm sure the Lord was grateful. But the Lord had a message in this story that we need to see. He made it very clear to her that she was worried and upset about many things that were keeping her from him. She wants, he wants Martha to be with him. He wants you to be with him. He wants you to be with him. He wants every one of you to be with him and sit at his feet and listen what he has to share with you. But in the process, guess what? The enemy is out there knowing very well what the Lord desires and he's going to attack us. He's going to attack us to make sure that we are confused, that we are deceived. And he does it so much with feelings and distorted behaviors. Everyone has an opinion, right? And that's right. We should. We have that freedom to have that. But when you have a lot of different opinions, which leads to behaviors, it gets very confusing. Let me ask you, am I saying to you this morning that serving like Martha did is wrong? Is it wrong what she did? No, no. I look back at my childhood and see my mom. She was pretty much of a strong Martha, but she did have Mary in her. But boy, people love to come to Dorothy and Herb's house. Because mom treated them like they were very special royalty. She was a great hostess. She set a wonderful spread. She provided the meal. She provided the atmosphere, the opportunity for them to mingle, discuss, and laugh. But she also listened, and she also shared. She had a wonderful balance in her, which I saw so much. Now, I didn't see it at the time, that there was a lot of Mary and Martha in her. The strange thing is, my mom passed away 12 years ago. And both of my sisters and I thought, uh oh, what's going to happen to dad? Because really, he was there for her for, at the last six years, he pretty much cared for mom. We didn't know what his attitude, what was going to be his demeanor. He was in a nice place to live, had a little room like his own apartment. And the Lord did something that amazed me. He became a butterfly and just blossomed. I've never seen my dad in such a social arena to be a social butterfly of all people. I would go to visit with him in Yakima and people would say, I go, I can't find my dad. Where is he? Oh, he's out in the courtyard. He's there. He's there. He's never in his room. You should know that. I'm finding that out. But he took on the attributes of a Mary. He cared for people. He wanted to help them. That surprised me. But yet, through his last years, I saw my dad transform into a loving, caring, beautiful Mary. Because see, man, we all can be Marys too. 
I see a lot of my mom in me, but I thank the Lord that my dad's in me as well. Martha was distracted. We all get distracted. I want us to look at this one quote that I came across. It says, what we give our minds attention to gets our heart's affection. You hear that? What we give our minds attention gets our heart's affection. What do you feed your mind? What do you feed your mind? There's an illustration that I used, you know, toward the end of last year. We all remember last year, right? 2020? Or how many of you have been trying to put that out of your minds? Well, if I bring back some bad terrible feelings for you. I'm sorry. But I thought this is a picture that worked for me. And maybe it would be valuable for us to look at it again. Jesus is asking each one of us to focus on him, right? All he is saying is, Fred, my son, focus on me. I will be there for you. Don't let the things of the world distract you, Fred. But guess what 2020 did? It got the best of us. It distracted us more than I want to admit. Confusion, separation, financial problems, hurricanes, floods, politics, deceit, social distancing, forest fires, Anxiety, panic, and of course, the bottom line, COVID-19. We isolated. We isolated ourselves because that's what we were asked to do, and I believe that that was beneficial. But we were not created to be isolated. We were not created to be by ourselves. We are social people. Some dealt with it better than others. I'm glad that my mom and dad weren't alive to go through last year. It was difficult, would you admit? Show me hands if anybody loved 2020. But yet, there is something good that we can take away from it. Because the request that he gave to us not prior to last 2020 was the entire time that we walk on this world. Fred, you, Becky, all of you, focus on me is what Christ is saying. I will take care of you. I will be there for you. All your needs will be met. Don't rely upon behaviors or feelings to give you peace. I want you to believe in me, in my truth, in our relationship of what we have. That will help you get through these storms of life.
just this morning. I love it when the Lord does this. Just this morning, he had a little message for me that I felt was strongly needed for this talk today. You know I have a dog, her name is Kitzel. As her picture comes up on the screen, hopefully. Beautiful young girl. Yeah. She's eight years old, is that? Nine? They grow so quickly. <laughs> it just seems like yesterday you get, no, you didn't give her birth. Um, but we did pick her up, though, when she was three months old. She was a rescue dog. She was abused. Boy, was she problems. I've shared with you before about her. Had to carry her. She didn't walk. She didn't bark for a month. Becky and I didn't know what to do. We haven't raised a dog like this. We had other dogs, but not like this one. So we thought, we're just going to love her. The best that we can, we're going to love her. And we did. But as she grew and became more comfortable with us, she started to have that freedom of choice, which that was our mistake. She ruled the house. As long as Becky and Fred are there, life is good. But by golly, anybody ring that doorbell? No. Can't come in. We realized we had to change that behavior. We had to change that behavior because that was not acceptable for her. And she didn't even know it. Just like a child. Their behaviors, how they behave, they don't even realize they're behaving badly. And she was. We got help with a trainer and said, please, we sent her to boot camp for four weeks. We need help. It's been a process, folks, to help train this dog to be able to know what she needs to know. Sound familiar, parents? But it was for her best good because she was so anxious and scared. She's not a mean dog. She's just scared. And little things trigger within her that can spark fear within her. You would think that she's going to attack you, but she's just scared. But after nine years of working with her, with our trainer working with her, with being diligent, Becky would take her out to walks. You should have seen the training that she did with her. For this dog to relinquish her will and choose the will of the trainer, of the person she walks with. It took time and it took effort. Well, today... I took Kitzel out for a walk this morning. Here's our leash. She's to my right side, and down the road we go. I have my music in my ears playing, praising the Lord, saying, oh, beautiful day. I turn the corner and look down the road, and lo and behold, there's a dog in the center of the road looking at us. We saw this dog yesterday. This dog did not seem to like us. As we walk closer, Kitzel still behaved. She knew, she knew what I expected of her. Because yesterday, this dog barked and barked and barked and barked. 
And just like yesterday, today, I said, Ketzel, with me, with me, with me. Because, see, in training for a dog, they get distracted. And that dog was distracting her. Distractions are not our friends. And so once Kitzel gets distraction, the trainer says, Fred, what you need to do is to be able just to pull back on the leash and get her attention to focus on you. <sighs> I'm going, wait, wait a minute. And so she would. We'd walk, bark, 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 bark. And this dog went on for three blocks this way. And I have to admit, I was getting a little distracted. But Kitzel, she made a few comments to her. <laughs> Let her know. But still, Kitzel, with me, with me. Letting her know that I was there. Letting her call upon the last nine years that we have been together in this family that he seems to know the best for me. And after we got down the road and this other dog kind of let up, her ears went back up and we proceeded to walk on our walk. And then it hit me. Is that how we are, Lord? Am I sometimes like Kitzel? Are you sometimes like Kitzel? You get distracted. You know well you know what you should do. She knows what she should do. She's done it many times. But it's those triggers that are within her that she can't control. She needs help with. Do you have triggers? Yeah. That we have no control, that when it happens, it happens, and it's like a knee-jerk reaction. We react. But it's a distraction that takes our eyes, our mind off of the focus of our Savior. I don't think it's wrong for me to say, but I played the role of Jesus today if Kitzel was me. Fred, Fred, with me. Fred, with me. Fred, with me. Plus, a little bit of this doesn't hurt either. What does that mean about that for me? I don't have a collar on me. Jesus doesn't have a leash on me. But as I have shared with you before, with the time I spent with my brother Darren, we come up with this one picture that I think is so priceless, and that is the picture of a child holding daddy's hand. That's the leash. That's the leash. It's not this. Fred, with me, okay. See, my attention gets away from the master. It gets away from who I should be focusing on because he is in control. 
It's when we think we could do it ourselves. We seem to be the ones that pull away from the master. But the master is so loving, he's so caring, he just tugs and he tugs on my hand. Freddie, Fred, look at me. Refocus. You're okay. You don't need to be anxious. You don't need to be fearful. Can you relate? Boy, I related this morning. Just by pulling and getting the attention of Kitzel, not hurting her, getting her attention, but yet sometimes we go through life that we need more attention given to us because we're not too willing to look at him. And he allows things to happen, right? We've all been there. The storms of life, we've been there. I was so proud of Kitzel because, boy, we continued our walk. Her ears were up. I was praising the Lord. We're walking down the road. Turned up maybe, I don't know, 20 minutes later. Turned the corner, and there was a young gal with a Doberman pincher and a white lab walking toward us. Kitzel didn't do boo. Her ears were still up. And it was like, no biggie. Well, for those dogs, they had behavior problems. And they were kind of all over. But Kitzel stayed right beside me. So the woman chose to go across the street and walk on the other side which was her choice. But Kitzel, her ears were up. We walked. And it was almost, I could see her being proud to be with her daddy. When they looked at us, it's almost like, man, they got their act together. We don't. But if you're walking with Jesus, and you see people come across your path, what are they seeing? If I can walk boldness with Jesus with his hand, what do they see? They see a man, a woman, who is confident in their relationship with Christ. I'm not going crazy barking and yelling. Why? Because my Savior, my Daddy, is in control. And if Kitzel could talk, if Kitzel could talk this morning, I think she should have said, ah, look at my daddy. She was proud of me. Just the way she carried herself. And when she came to the corner, I stop, and she automatically sits. Every time. And every time I reach down and I rub her ears and I say, good girl, good girl. And I can't help but feel that when I do the, the will of my father and choose to be on his agenda, on his page, and we come to a stop and I do what he expects me to do, he leans over and says, 
good boyfriend. And he rubs my ears. Because that's the kind of God he is. And I was thankful for my walk this morning. I was thankful that he impressed this upon me. Had no plan, but the God says, eh, Fred, you're flexible, right? I think they need to hear it. Because in reality, we don't go through life on a leash, do we? God isn't controlling. He is not controlling us. He is in control of us. If we let him, if we choose, Kitzel still has the right to make a choice with me. And sometimes she's not always making the right choice. But gee, do we make always the right choice too? No. We're sinners. But yet still God loves us. And I love this dog so much for what she gives to me. She shows it to me. She shows it to Becky. She wants to sit on her laps at home, but it doesn't work. She's almost 80 pounds. You, you see, when we come to the point of understanding that we need to keep our eyes focused on Christ, the scripture text found in Matthew 6, seems to be so prevalent. Seek first the God's kingdom and what God wants then all your other needs will be met as well. Fred, focus on me. Fred, seek me. Fred, give me your undivided attention. And I'll take care of everything else that you may have confrontations with, but also I will take care of you with all the needs and desires that you want. Because once that happens, something takes place with inside of us. Once we grasp that picture of what he says, and John 14, 27 makes it even clear, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled or be afraid. If we can just realize that God is here for us to give us peace and comfort, it will cover everything that we do. See, Kitzel has come to the point that when she sees a squirrel, that's her weak flaw. In fact, almost home on a fence to my right, guess what was there? A squirrel. Not realizing it, all I felt was this. She didn't bark, she just kind of lunched. But bringing her back to the attention of me, she knew exactly what I expected of her. Because that's what gave her peace, because she's very fearful. And my job as her owner is for her not to be fearful. God is saying the same thing to us. There is no need for you to be fearful. 
There is no need for you to be fearful. Keep your eyes on me and I will give you peace. Is it possible, guys, in the back for me to jump forward? Okay, thank you. Kitzel took longer than I thought. It's their fault. They talked to me all the way in the car this morning. They said, okay. There, there is a deeper meaning here of the story of Mary and Martha that I said earlier that Christians seem to miss. It's an important point that Jesus is getting across to those who profess to believe him. Do you believe in Jesus? Yes. May that belief be based upon our thoughts and beliefs and understanding of who Christ is. Don't let our beliefs be based upon character and behaviors because they can be counterfeited and this is how the enemy attacks us. Pastor Eric, when he first came, he said, I don't believe the Lord really cares how you behave as Christians. I thought, whoa. Why? Because he knows the heart. The behaviors does not always reflect the truth. There could be a hidden agenda. But as we went through this story, you have to realize too that Jesus loved to visit at the home of Martha and Mary and Lazarus. That was his go-to place when he traveled. And during that time, I cannot help but feel something happened in those visits. Something happened to Martha that she became different. Because you see, the scripture always has good news and God never leaves us hanging. Because as we continue to read even into John 20, when Lazarus died, I believe Martha changed. She developed a relationship with Christ in those moments and encounters that Christ came into her home. She got to know him through her hospitality to provide for him as well as his followers. But still, Martha listened. And I can't help but believe maybe she got better prepared in fixing the meals if they knew that he was coming, that she too could be in there and listening to the Savior. Why do I say that? Let's look here at John eleven twenty to 27 as we come to an end here this morning. I think it's a dialogue that's crucial for us to be able to understand. Lazarus was sick. Both Mary and Martha were mourning for her brother. Jesus didn't seem to respond the way that they wanted him to, and he died. 
He could have healed them. He, could have, he should have been there with their mindset. Verse 20, when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him. But Mary stayed at home. Martha had something to say. Martha's been compared to Peter in the Bible. Very quick to speak. Slow to think, but quick to speak. But there's something about Martha you knew where you stood with Martha. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died, but I know that even now God will give you anything you ask. She knew the relationship between Jesus and his father. She was familiar with it. Jesus said, your brother will rise and live again. I love her answer. I know that he will rise and live again in the resurrection on the last day. She has been paying attention to what Jesus has been telling the people. She looked forward to that resurrection. I look forward to that resurrection, don't you? I long to see my mom and my dad. I long to see people of loved ones that I know on that day, I, I long to see the Bible characters. I long to see my grandma, my grandpa. I know, because Jesus promises if you believe, so therefore, she was confident. She doesn't say, I think. She says, I know. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me will have life, even if they die. And everyone who lives, believes in me, will never die. Did you hear that? Everyone who lives and believe, believes in me will never die. Martha, do you believe this? He's getting out of the nitty-gritty here with the conversation with Martha. And Martha replies, yes, Lord, I believe that you are Christ, the Son of God, the one coming to the world. She got it. She heard it. She believed it. She accepted it. She held it in her hands. She knew Jesus. Did she still be a good hostess? I believe she was. But all of a sudden, Mary started coming out in Martha. Because Jesus, that is his desire for each and every one of us. My desire and prayer for you this morning is that you will really look into the story of Mary and Martha and be honest with yourself and with God. We need these moments in our life that we just need to stop and reflect. Examine your faith. Examine your walk with Jesus. Are you at the feet of Jesus every day? or too busy to make personal time with your Lord. Only you can answer that. Are you too busy? 
person says, I'm too busy to pray. Well, the Lord says, then you're too busy. We should never be too busy to spend time with our Lord. Your eternal destiny, my eternal destiny, depends upon this. Jesus is coming soon, my friend. Jesus is coming. Do you believe it? Then I invite you to give your hearts to him today if you have not done so. If you have any questions or stirring within your heart that the Spirit is moving, please come and see me, Pastor Serge or Pastor Larissa. Let us journey with you. But if you have given your hearts to the Lord, rejoice. Rejoice. And expand that relationship with Jesus every single day. But this is my request to you. Remember those who are seeking. Remember those who are wanting to know him as well and journey with them. Get beside them. Journey with them. Walk with them. Help them. No one's better than anybody else. We're all God's children. And there are times, I know for myself, I needed someone to walk alongside me and said, Fred, can I help you? Can I be there for you? Can I support you? Can I help you on this walk? Can I help you on this journey? Yes, Christ is there, but you know, when I have the hands of another person who holds me, who hugs me, who touches me, it's like God himself is doing that to me. Because we are the hands and feet of Christ. Amen? Amen? We need to be there to journey with people because this world is hard. This world is hard. And the enemy does not let up one bit. May we leave here this morning searching our soul, searching our mind, asking ourselves the question. But may we also determine to get an answer is where am I at with Christ? Because too often we can deceive ourselves. It's not maybe until a distraction or a storm comes along that gets our attention, that rocks the boat, that makes us realize, well, wait a minute, maybe my priorities are out of whack. And I need to reprioritize them. I need to put Jesus first. And when you come to that conclusion, like I shared in my testimony, I can honestly say, Lord, I thank you for my MS. Because it brought me to the core of knowing you better. That's why distractions can be terrible at the time, but they can also be a blessing as well, because maybe the results will be what the Lord wants you to see. I hear people say, the pandemic got my attention. Well, good. Do something about it. Do something about it. Because it just doesn't happen by itself. God is still in control. And does he want to get your attention? I believe so. 
Now is the time to do something and get to know him better because I believe that day is coming soon that we are going home.
Father, I thank you so much for this morning, for the time that we have spent with you, for your words that you have shared. I know this world is full of distractions, and it's difficult for us, but may we come to the understanding that all you're asking from us is to choose you. Seek you first, and you will be there, and you will take care of all the struggles the conflicts, the problems that seem to encompass us in our lives. May we not be distracted so much that we lose time that we spend with you. And as we walk with you, Father, may we be able to hear your words of affirmation. May we feel your touch tickling our ears of saying, good job, my son, good job, my daughter. There is nothing to be fearful, Fred, nothing to be fearful, children. Just believe in me. And in doing so, life will go so much better. Thank you, Father, for this time again and for what you give to each one of us. And may this coming week be an opportunity that we can share with others. In your loving son's name I pray. Amen. As you leave this morning, I invite you to take something as you walk through the double doors of the sanctuary as possibly a little reminder of what the Lord shared with you today. <laughs>